Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. Hello, folks. Welcome to the final Sunday of 2020. We're so glad you've tuned in for this morning's service, and we would love to connect with you, particularly if you are tuning in for the first time. You can do that really easily. Just drop us a message in the comments, or you can go to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk and click on the Contact Us button, and that'll put you in touch with one of our pastors. Now, today's going to look a little bit different. I'm going to be sharing with you first, and then we're going to take some time to worship at the conclusion of today's service. And today, I'm going to be talking to you about how to wrap up 2020 right. You know, this is the the, the, that weird week between Christmas and New Year's when we often take time to reflect on the previous year and what's gone well and what hasn't gone so well, as well as look ahead to the future and make New Year's resolutions and think about how the next year is going to be different this time. Well, I want to help you with that. And, um, you know, especially as we wrap up this extraordinary year that we've had in 2020. I mean, for a lot of us, I think we'd say 2020 has been nothing but bad news, but I think 2020 has actually brought some good things to us as well. In particular, I I think 2020 has brought about some really amazing memes. I think humanity has collectively raised its meme game in 2020. You know, for example, uh, we got to see the official mug of 2020. We got to see what 2020 would look like if it was a swing. We got to see what 2020 would look like if it was a scented candle. And 2020 also gave us the, uh, the priceless gift of lockdown haircuts. I love this particular one because I feel like I had a few of those haircuts during lockdown. Uh, 2020 also brought us or made us much more familiar with the convenience and the inconvenience of Zoom. We also got to the joy of, of, of uh, using masks this year, and I like this particular meme because I do this all the time. I, I'll see somebody and I'll smile at them and I'll completely forget that they cannot see my mouth. And so it just looks like I'm making a very intense eye express, or my eyes are looking at them very intensely. Uh, and 2020 has also brought about the, the advent of social distancing. I mean, hasn't that been a joy? I like this particular one because that is really effective in, in establishing that, that all-important two-meter barrier. Uh, not so effective in using these shoes to walk, but, you know, I guess that's just part of one of the many things we had to adjust to in 2020. So I think we'd agree, this past year has brought about some great memes, but I think we'd also agree that 2020 has had its, more than its fair share of hardships and difficulties. And that's why I think it is absolutely essential that we take this week, which is normally a week that is spent in a fog of entertainment and watch and food and you know, watching shows that you'd never watch normally, like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, And actually take this weekend and just out of kindness to your own heart, take some time to intentionally process this year with God. 
Take some time over the course of this week to, to bring some resolution and closure to all that you've experienced in this past year. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I just want to offer you some, some guidance for you as you do that, as well as some biblical perspective. And, and guiding us in this whole process this morning is a passage from a book in the Old Testament that I'm going to wager most of us don't spend a lot of time in. It's the book of Lamentations. Um, maybe a few really uh, committed souls out there spent time, your devotional time this morning in Lamentations. I have to confess I have not spent time in Lamentations recently, but, but this book is a powerful book for us. And it was written by the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you know, there's a book in the Bible named after him. He also wrote the book of Lamentations. And, it ha and he wrote it, the context in which he wrote it is pretty heartbreaking. He wrote it shortly after the downfall, the sacking of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. So the Babylonian army had come in and it surrounded the city and eventually they'd taken it and they'd raised it to the ground. Can you imagine what that's like to, to have an army attack your city and take it over? Actually, you don't have to imagine what it's like because Jeremiah writes about it in vivid detail, gruesome detail. And so he, he goes, he explains, he talks a lot about what happened there. And then after the Babylonians took the city captive, and they, he was actually um, taking, he, he, was, he left as an exile to Egypt. And while he was there, he wrote this book as an expression of grief and just kind of trying to come to terms with what he'd experienced. So most of the, the book is, is recounting the horrors that he endured while he was there. But right in the middle of this book is this really fascinating passage that's really helpful for us as we try to come to terms with what we've experienced over this past year. And it picks up in chapter 3, verse 19. It says this, The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in Him. Now this passage, I think, has three important principles that we can use as, as we process and bring closure to this past year. First of all, I believe this passage teaches us that we need to acknowledge and grieve our losses. I don't know if you caught that verse in uh, that passage in verse 20 where he says, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Jeremiah was very intentional about grieving what he'd experienced. And you know, I, I spoke about grieving earlier this year, and one of the things I said is that as a culture, we're not very good at grieving. We just like to, when we experience something painful, something traumatic, we just kind of want to shut the door on it and move on and pretend like it never happened. But that's not what the Jewish people did. They, were, they, were, they understood the importance of grieving. And so this whole book is an exercise of grief for Jeremiah. 
And the reason why grieving is so important is because grieving allows us to heal. In fact, I'd say it this way, an ungrieved wound is an unhealed wound. So when we don't grieve something, it doesn't have its, the opportunity to heal. And we, we, we often think, well, time heals all wounds and, and the pain will go away. And, but actually, that's not true. The human heart needs to be able to grieve its losses if it's going to recover from them. And so that's what Jeremiah was doing. He was grieving his losses. But as I said, you know, in our culture, we struggle with grief. We, we, we tend to either want to just move on, pretend like they never happened, or I think what we do more often is we tend to minimize our grief. We, we look at other people and we think, well, you know, my suffering is not as bad as their suffering. My loss is not as bad as their loss, and therefore it doesn't matter. But listen, if it hurt, if it felt like a loss to you, then it matters, and it needs to be it needs to be grieved. It needs to be dealt with at one level or another. You know, if COVID, this whole pandemic, I've been saying it's like death by a thousand cuts. You know, it's, it's lots of little things that, that add up over time that have a cumulative effect. You know, of course, for some people, there's been one or two major things. Maybe they've lost a loved one or they've lost a job or, or, or something like that. But, but for many of us, it's been lot, the loss of lots of little things over the span of eight or nine months now, however long it's been, that, that adds up, that just causes us to just feel the weight of it. And if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling low at this time, after all that we've gone through, that's not surprising because the cumulative weight of all of those small losses have built up in you over time. So it's important for us to be able to acknowledge and to not just minimize, not dismiss, not, not ignore our losses and actually begin to grieve them. And so I want to encourage you to go back through your year and think about what is it that really hit you? Where were the, the places that where you were disappointed? Where were the places where you, that was really painful? Where's the place where, where you really felt the loss of everything you've experienced this year. And pay attention to your emotions. They're a great indicator of where you need to do some grieving. You know, you might feel angry, you might feel teary, you might feel, uh, or you might feel numb. You might not feel anything at all. And that's also very understandable because we've gone through so much over the course of this year that you might have just, just subconsciously shut your heart down and said, I can't deal with it, so I'm just kind of going to go numb. And if that's, your case, that's the case with you, then just try to pick the two or three things that, that really stand out to you as that was a major hit for me this year. And, and you don't just want to figure out what happened. You want to figure out why it was, had such an impact on you, you know? Maybe it was the fact that you lost, not only that you lost a holiday, but that you didn't get to go see your family because of that holiday. Or maybe it's not that you just lost your Christmas plans, but that but that this was the one time this year that you were going to be able to travel and, and go see friends or maybe family, and, and, and just the loss of that just feels enormous for you. Or maybe you've, you've lost things like graduations, or, or maybe weddings had to be canceled or, or um, greatly reduced in their plans. And, and, and so it's not just about what the loss was, it's about the impact on you that you need to identify. And then 
once you've identified those things, I want you to take them to God. You know, a lot of us, we think God's not really concerned about my losses, but nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus cares about your heart. He cares about your losses, the big losses and the little losses, the things that you've experienced this year that have been hard. He cares about those things, and He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring restoration. He wants to bring peace to your heart. But to do that, you've got to invite Him into this. And it's just a simple prayer. God, come into this place. Heal and restore my soul. And there may need to be some tears. There may need to be some journaling. There may need to be some form of, you know, um, letting go of the anger that you're carrying. But ultimately, God can come and heal these places that feel really raw right now. Eventually, when He does His work, you can look back at those places and it's just like a scar. Yeah, you remember the pain and when it happened, but, but, but it doesn't hurt anymore. So please don't leave the debris of all this that's happened this year untended in your heart. In order to heal, you've got to acknowledge and grieve your losses. So that's what Jeremiah is doing here. He's acknowledging and grieving his losses. But then as he carries on, he he turns a corner and he goes a different direction. Listen to what he says in verse 21. He says, yet I still dare to hope. When I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. This is a really surprising turn because I think after all that Jeremiah has been through, you would think that he'd be more than entitled to throw himself a pity party and declare himself a victim. Or you you would think he, he would maybe become angry at God and blame Him for all of His suffering, or maybe doubt the goodness of God, or maybe turn to sinful and self-destructive behavior to numb all the pain that he's been going through. But instead, he doesn't do that. He chooses to focus on God's faithfulness to him, to recount the faithfulness of God in his life and the way that God has, has come through for him in the midst of of all the hardship in the midst of all the difficulties, what he's found is that that God has, has given him the mercy and the strength that he needed in order to endure, in order to make it. And he begins to focus on those things that God, the faithful love of God has never ended. Now, I think we need to do the same thing. You know, a lot of us are aware of all the hardship and all the difficulty that we've faced in this year. But are we aware of all the ways that God has been faithful to us this year? All the ways that He's answered prayer. All the ways that He has come through for you. All the ways that He has sustained you. You see, I think for a lot of us, myself included, we tend to forget all the ways that God comes through for us. You know, one of my uh, weekly routines is on Monday mornings, I'll take some time to review the previous week and plan the, the week ahead. And, uh, and when I'm doing that, one of the parts of that is I, I, I think through the previous week and I think what went well in the previous week and what was difficult about the previous week. And what always astonishes me is every time I do this exercise, no matter how bad I perceive the week before to have gone, I always find that there's more good than bad. 
There's always more, and I'm not trying to manipulate the list and trying to, to add a few extra things to make this happen. It just happens. When I really spend time and think through what did happen last week, I always find that there's so many prayers that have been answered, so many ways that God has been faithful and come through for me. And, and, and I just think that we naturally have a negativity bias. We want to focus on the things that didn't go right, and we forget the things that did go right. And, and when it comes to our relationship with God, you know, I think what happens, at least with me, is that, is that when we're under pressure, we'll pray, oh, God, help me, help me, help me. And then as soon as He answers that prayer, we just, the pressure's off and we forget all about it. And that is so dangerous for our spiritual life. It's so, you know, think about the Israelites when they were delivered from Egypt, from slavery. You know, what did God do for them? He, he delivered them from the most powerful nation on earth. He, he sent the ten plagues and, and delivered them. They, 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 they freely let, there wasn't a battle or anything. He, the Pharaoh let the Israelites go. And then they, they got to the Red Sea and they were they were uh, uh, at a dead end. They were, they, were in a, they were cornered, and God parted the Red Sea. You know, there's that panic, and then God delivers, and He answers them. He parts the Red Sea. And then they get through, and they're like, well, where do we go? And God leads them with the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. I mean, imagine that. And then they're like, well, what do we eat? We're in the wilderness. How do we feed our whole nation? And God sends them manna every morning, and He sends them quail to eat. And after all of that, they get to Mount Sinai, and Moses goes up, and he's receiving the Ten Commandments, but he's gone for longer than they think, think he is. But because they failed to remember God's faithfulness to them, they turned from God, and they began to worship an idol. And this is what happens when we forget God's faithfulness to us. We, 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 we will turn to other idols. We'll focus on what hasn't gone right when so much has gone right. And here's what I believe. I believe that God has been faithful to every single one of us this year far more than we maybe realize. He's answered far more prayers. He's sustained you. He's come through for you when, when you weren't expecting Him to. There's been so many little ways and big ways where God has come through, where He has been faithful, where His mercy just to simply sustain you and uphold you has, has, uh, has transpired in your life. And so we need to recall God's faithfulness to us over the course of this, over the, over the course of this past year. And so I want to encourage you as you're processing through this year, to go back and simply try to recall some of those ways that God has answered prayers, the ways He's come through for you and uh, uh, been faithful to you in 2020. And what I think you'll find is an incredible record of the faithfulness of God. Finally, I think that one of the most important things that we can do is to, as we wrap up 2020, is dare to trust in God's faithfulness to, to us in the future, to dare to trust in God's faithfulness to us in the future. I love how Jeremiah phrases it there in verse 23. He says this, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. 
You see, Jeremiah had built up this record of God's faithfulness in his life, and so, so he could dare to hope. What does that mean? He's hoping in the future that no matter what his circumstances are, that, that he's still going to experience the faithfulness and the goodness of God, whatever comes his way. And as we think about 2021, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that just because the calendar change is going to change doesn't mean that the hardships and the difficulties that we're facing are going to automatically stop. We all know that. We don't really want to acknowledge it sometimes, but, but really, we've probably got some difficult times to come. But here's what we know. We can hope in God's faithfulness. That no matter what we encounter, his, we are going to, He is going to be with us in the midst of it. I love how he goes on to say in verse 24, he says that the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in Him. I love that. No matter what happens in 2021, He's going to be with you. It may, it may be hard, it may be difficult, but He's going to be with you. He's going to be faithful to you. He's going to uphold you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to come through for you. He's going to answer prayers for you. Wherever you encounter, no matter how hard or how good it might be, God is going to be with you. He is your inheritance. And so you can look to the future with hope, not fear. So good. And that's why it's so important for us to build that record of God's faithfulness in our life, because when we can see how He's been faithful to us in the past, we will see how He's going to be faithful to us in the future. Now, there's one last thing I want to encourage you to do, and that is, as you look to the future and you think, you know, God's going to be there with me, I want you to ask God, hey, God, what do you have for me in 2021? And by that, I don't mean like, you know, tell me the future, what's going to happen with COVID, what's going to happen with this and that. No, ask Him what He is doing in your life in 2021. Ask Him, you know, what He's up to so that you can align yourself with Him. And I'd encourage you to take this entire week, just ask, spend about 15 minutes asking Him this question every day, and, and see if a theme emerges over that time. He might say, hey, I want to reveal more of my love to you in 2021. He might say, I, you know, I want you to step out in your gifts more in 2021. Or he might say, you know, I'm, I'm bringing healing to you or freedom for you from that addiction, whatever it is. Ask him what he is doing in your life in 2021. And then ask him what you need to do to cooperate with him to align yourself with his purposes in your life in the year ahead. See, there's practical steps that we can take, things that you need to prioritize and things that you need to, to not prioritize in order to align yourself with God. So ask Him what He's doing and how you can cooperate with Him in it. Now, we have a sheet that uh, we've put together to help you process this year, and there'll be a, a link to it in the description of this video, uh, as well as in the email that, that we sent out for this uh, service yesterday. So you can look at that sheet, and that can help guide you in it if you need uh, if you need us to send that to you, just message us, go to the website and click the contact us button. And we'd be happy to send you uh, this sheet to help you process this year. But I want to encourage you once again, don't let this week go by in a fog of, of really good food and entertainment. I want you to be intentional to take the time to bring closure and resolution to this year. Grieve your losses, but also remember God's faithfulness to you. 
and let him lead you and guide you so you can look to 2021 with hope because he is going to be faithful to you in the year to come. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your faithfulness to us. Even in this year that has been so hard and so challenging, God, you have been faithful. And God, I pray for every person listening that they would be able to see and recognize all the ways you have been faithful to them in this year. And Lord, I pray, God, that they would be able to identify and grieve those losses that need, that their soul is needing resolution and closure for. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts about what you are doing in our lives in the year to come. All the ways that you're working in our lives in this coming year so that we can approach this next year and dare to hope that we will see the goodness and the faithfulness of God in 2021. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.